Welcome to the Safina Society podcast. We are back once again this week. Uh, I am joined by Dr. Shadi, uh, Ilyas, Saad, and joining us is also Naz Hassan. So welcome back, Naz. It's been uh, over, I think, a year and a half since we've uh, since I saw him in person. Uh, great to have him back. So I'm going to let Dr. Shadi kick off with this uh, special tidbit here. Okay. <laughs> and then we'll get to the real episode. All right. So the news of the week and unfortunately like the scandal of the week, there seems like there's always some something going on. But this one was a big splash, especially in the Jersey area, that somebody we know, and this is the first time somebody I know has been involved in a crime crime or at least arrested for a crime has been convicted yet but arrested so the facts on the table is that there was a dude who was around in our community uh, community that i was in my youth i was involved in maybe two communities and this was one of them where all my friends were right as i grew older maybe uh, I, I was sort of moved on uh, from living in that area but this this guy was around he was a very happy-go-lucky guy and one of those guys who's at every event you know those types? It's like ubiquitously present, right, at every event. Wedding, fundraiser, event, whatever was going on, he was there. And he was a very happy-go-lucky guy. And he, to me, he didn't have any position in the community, right? But turned out eventually he became youth director. And then he ends up going to Florida, right? In Florida, years later, discover the guy gets arrested, right? So the facts on the table is that the guy has um there's enough claims against him to warrant some investigation and an arrest and a charge being brought against him for abusing the boys right and the actual accusation is is spike is having sleepovers and spiking their drinks which spiking their drinks they wake up they don't know what happened the next day which also brings to question what parents are letting having a sleepover at some guy's house right a, s- a single guy's house, right? Now, if, if you don't have, if there's, if there's no kid that age, what is your business having a sleepover? You know, like unless you have a son that age, right. then his friends are sleeping. Same thing with uh, soccer coaches. Now, I know some soccer coaches for Little League, they like to coach kids, right? Uh, it's sort of weird if you don't have a son on the team, yeah. right? <laughs> it raises questions. Why do you like to do this so much, right? Uh, so there are certain things that you're sort of, you only do if you have, you know, a child who's doing it. Now, this came up, and of course, there's all sorts of talk. Now, one of the things that came to my mind is the following. How do you handle a situation like this? Because some people say it happened in New Jersey. They didn't handle it properly. They just told them to leave. Okay? That's not the right way. It's not the right way to handle it, right? Because if that actually happened here and people knew about it and they just said, well, you you can't stay here. You're, all you're doing is pushing them off onto other people. Onto other people, and that, which you're guilty of that, right? Then whatever happens to them, you're guilty because you knew about it. Now, here's the problem people have. They don't know if this person, to separate between testimony and accusation. And we need to separate between that. Now, how do you separate? Here's my idea, and you tell me what you guys think. When we have a situation like this, because it we have seen problems, you take your testimony, you report it to the masjid. The masjid then, or whatever the workplace, and even you don't have to do this. You can go straight to the police. You take a document. You put your name on it. You write exactly what happened as a testimony, not as an accusation. That child, so-and-such such a child, at this age, on this date, said X, Y, Z. Or a woman that she was uh, you know, abused of some sort. You report that to the 
and you say, I'm not accusing the person, I'm just sharing this testimony because if enough people, if you get enough of these from different sources over the years, now you can take action. Well, testimony, that's it. Not accusation, just a testimony. Well, when it comes to the testimony, um, the, uh, in New Jersey and in most states, there's certain positions which you are obligated to report. Mm-hmm. So teachers, some healthcare providers. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure what the what the situation is for religious institutions, but if you if you have any suspicion, credible proof, any indication that the person that a child has been harmed, either physically or sexually or any of that stuff, you um, my voice probably sounds better now. Yeah. Recording. What happened? What did you get? The, what did we, you use the, the, the little the switch on the mic. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So. Uh, yeah, if any of if any of that comes out, you have an obligation to report to authorities. Like you're, it's criminal for you not to. Yeah, I, I, they, that's what they told me when I came on NBSC. So you're you're yeah. you're one of those people that uh, has obligatory reporting. Yeah. yeah. Which, so if something is happening with a youth director and there's accusations only, <coughs> somebody is saying, "Hey, this guy touched my kid," or my ki- or the kid comes mm-hmm. and goes, uh, "You know, Sheikh so and so, Stad so and so did this to me." Mm-hmm. You just—it's not even like you talk to the parties and you try to figure it out. You just have to go report, and that's it. Yeah, that's your obligation. It's part of—it's part of your licensure. It's part mm-hmm. of your credentials. So yeah, there's no excuse for not doing it. Yeah, like yeah. zero. If, for example, if a if a woman comes to me, which I don't—I don't take counseling or marriage counseling, uh, but if a woman was to come to me and said, "My husband gave me a black eye," right? That's spousal abuse by law. <laughs> I, if I know about that and something happens to her, I'm liable by law mm. like something worse happens to her interesting right interesting. it has to be reported but think about this the problem is people say oh i don't want to destroy this person and i can't make an accusation right because i don't know the facts it's he said she said you don't need to worry about the facts just report the testimony yeah and if the testimonies pile up that are individual and separate then it's not you who tore the person down he tore himself down right, right? because the testimonies piled up <clears throat> By the way, from what in criminal law, the way it'll work is if one child says so and so did something to me, they're investigate. They're bringing him in. Worthy for an they're, investigation. They're they're arresting him. They're gonna take his. They're gonna take a statement from him. If he doesn't want to give a statement, he gets a, a, an attorney. Then they'll just <coughs> proceed with mm-hmm. the witness t- testimonies, and they're gonna bring charges yeah. if there's if it's at all credible, and then it'll get resolved from one from one from claim. one. Yeah. So there's no need for it to pop. Like you yeah. just have to report the one time. I had, and that's it. And because by the way, if you did it to one kid, that's enough. That's true. So, cool. but I had now for organizations, the the question is not even just but did you do it or not? The question is, how are you even in a situation as a representative of this organization where you're in a, a, a closed space that you could do this, right? So um, there's, there are cameras now everywhere. If you are if you work in the public, let's imagine it's a public space, right? Uh, why would you be in an office alone? That office should have a, a camera in it, right? Or there should be multiple people in it. So you're actually in a, a form of misconduct that even by just by Sharia rulings, the Prophet said, avoid what would cause you to be accused. Avoid the situation. The locations or the situations that would cause you to be accused. For example, if you know that there's like a bar somewhere, you don't go and give somebody something near the door of a bar and then be seen walking out of it as a regular Muslim that you say must be drinking. Right? So, so yeah, there's two things. There's the there, there's the thing where the people people are just too um, they're too trusting. 
with yeah. the kids. They go, oh, he's <coughs> teaches Quran or he's yeah. a youth director or he's this and that. And all of a sudden, it's accepted that that person is going to be pure-hearted and not have any, you know, trauma themselves and ha- aren't victims that are replicating the, the, the abuse that they suffered or any of that. You just trust them because they're religious, yeah. which is a ridiculous notion. Mm-hmm. It's ignorant and it doesn't take into account normal human behavior, the times that we live in, etc. Right? Then on the flip side, if you're the person, listen, I guarantee you that no one, no child or woman will ever be able to accuse me of doing something inappropriate because I have never been in a situation where there's a question as to what I was doing. It's yeah. always all public. Yeah. Like even when my friend's kids are, are at my house or if I'm at their house, if there's no other adult in the room, mm-hmm. I'm walking to someplace else. Mm-hmm. And I mean, I, I'm not because I'm tented or I have any, not at all, but there will never even be the slightest hint that anything inappropriate happened. And that's the behavior that everyone should adopt. Why are you yeah. alone in a room with somebody's kids? Yeah, right, exactly. And I was one time in Ramadan, Tarawih, back in the day when the, uh, it was in the summertime, and these nights were long summers, right? So I come into my office, and there was some Eid candy that they're going to pack up that was in the office. So two girls had snuck in and were and when I came in they went hiding under the desk, right? <laughs> came to take the candy, right? Now, imagine I go there and sit under the desk, I sit at the table, and then they come crawling out from under the desk. Right? <laughs> Let's say I didn't even know they were there. Yeah. It's possible. I could go there. Yeah, right. I don't even know they're hiding under the desk, right? And then someone sees that, that's a scandal right then and there. Yeah, of course. Right? And so alhamdulillah, I was able to see them from the desk. I didn't even go to the office. I just sent one of the, you know, the women in to to get them out. But that's how easy and that's how careful the person has to be. And then at a certain point, we can put cameras everywhere. There's not a single place in the master that's not camera. Now here's my problem. Only wrinkle here is that the camera deletes after 30, 30 days or fourteen days. Most accusations have to weigh after that, right? When I was six and the person's already sixteen, right? Mm-hmm. Well, the camera's deleted. So what's the point in a sense? And from one angle. You know, that's useless. We need now servers that record it and keep it lifetime, right? Unless you manually delete it, yeah. right? I mean, Which, I have a but question. But then again, at that point, yeah. you never know when you're going to use it, yeah. right? So it needs to be, uh, like, reduced. What do you guys call it in tech? Reduce the... Um, compress. Know, compress it and save it for life. Think about it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. I mean, I mean, the, the, the camera should be enough of a... Of a deterrent, of a deterrent from where, accusation, where from people a false won't accusation. do stuff, or, or, or will people won't, won't yeah, do won't stuff? I mean, I think we also have to contend with the <clears throat> reality that I don't think we're going to solve all of the cases ever, right? Uh, there's always going to be some folks that that fly under the radar and yeah, you know, Allah sure. protect our children from you know those types of predators and whatnot. But <clears throat> I think, uh, like you know, you're, this idea and this solution that. We're somehow going to solve every issue across the board, and it's never going to happen. Is that's not you know that's not going to happen. No, yeah, yeah, but so that's, I am curious since yeah. I actually am an outsider to the story. I mean, even though he, he was from New Jersey, I had no idea who he was because I from South Jersey. We don't yeah. have <laughs> stuff like that down there. <laughs> <laughs> we, we probably do, but none of this. There's stuff only is like, like four people, yeah. so like, you have such a small <laughs> community. Right? Yeah. So, but anyways, I I don't really know. So he he went to Texas and then he got caught there. No, he went Florida. to Florida. Florida, Florida, and he got caught and, there. Okay. And the question became, did he go to Florida because he did that stuff here, which people accused him of? I see. And then the, the and whoever the powers that be that exist here, told him, all right, get out of here. 
Did right. people accuse him of that before he left? Like there was actually already accusations? That's what's said, yeah. That's ridiculous, though. Like, so no, there's no. accusations. It's said, of... and it's rumors, and uh, but people, like for example, some of the youth that I know who are now adults, they said, we heard things when he was here, right? Yeah. <clears throat> so when you have normal Muslims who are not, they don't have any record of being part of any weird slanderous mm-hmm. operation uh, or have any motive against the guy, and they're all saying, we heard stuff, I can believe that, right? It doesn't make it a fact. It's still mm-hmm. at the level of hearsay, mm-hmm. but they they did hear stuff. Yeah. I if, mean, you hear enough enough things, and you're like, okay, yeah. you know. But if, if, yeah, if people are saying things in 2014 or whatever mm-hmm. in New Jersey, then the person leaves it in 2020 and gets arrested. Exactly. Yeah. Most it's, likely the stuff that was being said in true. New Jersey yeah. is most likely true. Right. Obviously, yeah. this guy has a pattern of behavior. It's corroborated. <laughs> but we were fooled. Like, if you ask anybody, they were fooled. That just uh, the the skill at which people can be you know hide their 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 past right. right and only after the fact you look at certain things like you like the, you know this idea that after the fact oh wait a second we've never seen a relative of this guy like you'd never seen right. him with any relative complete soul uh, individual in person isn't that a red flag by itself it is but you know what <clears throat> when you're when you're in a situation right when you're in a situation you never think like that. Until after the fact, you know, you start seeing these things afterwards. You need somebody well, on staff that can yeah. uh, identify I, these kind I of think, things. Yeah. Like, I've, I've probably talked to more pedophiles than you guys put together ever will in your entire life. Because of your job. Because of my job. Right. Yeah. And so, yeah, there's easy patterns that you recognize. B- being a soul, an individual, uh, solitary person. Sometimes that, sometimes being a... Uh, too eager to help out with kids mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. like not even just as a job they definitely gravitate towards certain jobs yeah. so whenever they can summer camps and all mm-hmm. that kind of stuff but also just being way too eager like oh uh your kids it's hot your kids can come over to my place i have a pool or yeah uh oh you guys got something to do i'll watch the house i'll pick <laughs> yeah. your kids away from school <laughs> yeah like no, immediately so, right no but by the way it's not it's not always like a solo guy sometimes often they're married mm-hmm. and sometimes mm-hmm. they even have their own kids mm-hmm. so i have a question right yeah when it comes to the Muslim community, is can part of the reason why some of this stuff flies under flies under the radar? Can can part of the reason be that people uh, kind of default to this idea of like, well, we're going to give people the benefit of the doubt? I wouldn't think that's just the Muslim community. I mean, we don't have any analysis of the Greek Orthodox community. It's true, right? They yeah. might. So you know when people say, "Oh, the Muslim community." Hold on a second. You have experience with one community. Right. Right. What are you comparing? It's not like you have 30 years with the Greeks and 30 years with like the Russians. Like a comparative analysis. Yeah. And people say this all the time. Right. I don't deal with Muslims. Okay. Have you dealt with Greeks? Have you dealt <laughs> 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 Doc keeps calling out the Greeks, man. It's not so bad. Because they're similar to us, right? <laughs> right. Have you dealt with the Italians? <laughs> have you dealt the with Hindus, the Hindus, right? Yeah, the Hindus. Like, what experience? Where's right. the comparison coming from? But the, uh, the thing is that it's it's about over eagerness but again let's go to that mosque in Tampa or whatever i really have wonder who's making the hiring of a 50 year old dude never been married to sign up for youth director yeah that's now, a that's a big problem right there number one never married for for it never also what experience do you have with teens right right, right. so so to call yourself what's a youth your professional director? background in this what and what's your interest Right. Number one, this interest. What's your professional background? What's your experience? Like I could, I could say, I can probably deal with. I can tell you something about kids to a certain age group because I have experience. Right. Right. I've lived it. I can't tell you anything about seventeen-year-old girls. 
Like that's any in depth that anybody else can't say. I've never experienced it. In a few years, like maybe in a decade, I'll have a lot to say. Yeah. Right? Because right. experience. So there's certain people that also need to be put on the on the on the hot seat here. Who's doing the hiring? Right? I mean one thing I, I think it's really important if you're gonna hire people in your community, you, they need to be part of the community. Right? So for example, let, let, let's give MBIC, right? Everybody that's involved in the masjid, we know their families, we know their siblings, we know their parents, we know like where they're going, what they're doing, what school they went to. You know, every single person on the board, you know, we can yeah. say like, okay, where they live, what they're doing, you know, what's their hobbies. Like, you know things about them. Like, for example, myself, you guys have been to my house, I've been to your yeah. house, you know, you, you know who my siblings are. Yeah. Basic things, th- these are realities in a community. And then if you're going to hire this stranger to come in, why are you hiring this person like this? That's right? the question. This is, this is the problem, right? Yeah. Like it's <laughs> and here's another thing that's complete malpractice. How do you, it, let's say you're in the position of a youth director, okay? How are you having a sleepover in your house? That's weird. That's right? really weird. Well, It'd be one thing if they're going uh, camping, this, like in the woods. And what the parents? What just parents were? Well, yeah, what parents are allowed on that? Yeah. So I've I, I dealt with a case where literally <laughs> this is this is like the, literally the parents hired some guy unlicensed contractor to come do work in their house. He's working late night. One day it's really late, and they're driving him back and forth because he's not doesn't have a driver's license or whatever. It's really late. They go just stay because it's like eleven o'clock at night. I don't want to drive you an hour away or whatever. Just stay, and then you'll still work tomorrow, and blah, blah. They let them sleep in their son's room. What? What? (laughs) Are they mental cases? They didn't have any other room, and the kid has an extra bed in the bedroom, so they let him sleep in the bunk bed. Wait a second. So, what? (laughs) Why didn't they move the kid outside? You know, like, move the kid with the mom. Right. But, seven year old kid. Does he have. Seven years old? Raped. What? What? So, like. How dumb are these people? Exactly. Do we know them? No, <laughs> I just called them dumb. Goodness. No, we don't know. This is not okay. a, it's not people from the community. Okay. This is stuff from work. But oh my crazy. god! Oh, like case. Yeah, and I'm like, how? Why? How? Yeah. How are you allowing this? That's unreal. And one of the other things I brought was like somebody hiring some guy that's your neighbor, paying him like twenty dollars a week to drive your daughter, your five year old daughter, to school because you have to go to work. So you pay this guy. He he sits home. He doesn't have a job. He's a fifty year old guy by himself, and he's driving your child to work. So there's criminal negligence on the parents' behalf. They never get charged on that. See, this is the thing. You don't have to get charged. A couple lashes and go home. Yeah. Take it costs the state nothing. <laughs> there has to be some part. It costs way, them one uh, a cricket yeah. paddle. The biggest thing that the state does <laughs> once is they, a year. they take the kid away and then put them in a foster home where. How does that help? They re-traumatize them. I know. They steal them from the parents. Like yeah, the parents are idiots, yeah. but they're not. They're not people that are trying to harm the child. <sighs> They just don't actually. See, I think one of the enough. one of the problems is that uh, you guys were saying like, how could the masjid hire this guy, right? From knowing they, from they, my masjid, they should be uh, put on the hot seat. To be honest with you, Cause I feel like sometimes these masjids are desperate. Cause like, who who signs up for youth director, right? Uh, you're being paid like a McDonald's salary, and like it's a lot of money now. Youth, youth director, <laughs> youth director in most <laughs> masjid is not even a job. It's just volunteer to do something good, right? Yeah, but yeah. who is doing it? Right, that's the question. And what's your motive? I need to see another dad who's got a kid who's normal. This is a normal situation, right? Not something that's like so obvious. The person is is so eager to do this youth work. Wait, you never married. You never had kids. Something's wrong. And you're having a sleepover. Yeah. Right. And 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 by the way, right? 
even all that social proof that you're talking about, like the father has a kid in the program, we know their family, etc. Even despite all of that, still, you should still be careful, still, right? Still, yeah, yeah. of course, because there that in and of itself is not enough to that's say that this, this person, you know, 100%. is completely reliable, completely pure intentions. 100%. So even then, right, in in the presence of those other things, yeah. you should be careful. But in the absence. You should be on red alert, like totally DEFCON 5 at that yeah. point, right? Like, what's going on? But that's exactly how all these institutional cases happen, right? Mm-hmm. When it's something that's involved with, a, with an institution, whether it's a school or a religious organization, yep. it's that there's this, you know, innate, oh, you can trust him. He's in a position of so and so. Like, that's what happened in the Catholic Church, you know? Yeah, Everybody so. go, oh, Fa- Father John is such a nice guy. And he just wants to, you know, help teach you <laughs> about you religion. That name? Okay. <laughs> or, or whatever it is, you know? <laughs> okay, but by the way, as a correction, the cricket paddle would not be permissible as a for no. lashing. It's got to be something whip. soft. Yeah. Not, 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 not a whip. whip. Flexible? No, it needs to be thick le- leather that's neither a whip nor is it hard. It doesn't cut the skin. You're not allowed to break the skin. And it can't be hard like a paddle, <laughs> so it would have to be like a fat piece of leather. Yeah, you know, like a like the kind you use for sharpening. Uh, gotta make sure to, uh, yeah. leather, a, thick strop, leather. a strop, a strop, <laughs> a strop, a strap. Yeah, I'm telling you that would solve so many problems. Oh, you you let someone sleep over. Okay, one lash. Right, he'll never do it again. He'll walk limping for a day. Everyone will ask what's going on. I let my son sleep I over this guy's house. house. Okay, that's we all don't do that now, right? Why are you sitting down in Salah? <laughs> <laughs> oh man! Um, yeah, this it's it's absolutely outrageous. And by the way, this is something that happens in institutions all the time. And the bigger the institution, the institutional organization gets. Like if you have multiple uh, satellite centers yep. or whatever it is, right? Like the Catholic Church is a good example. And not to hammer in on the Catholic Church, yeah. but uh, the Catholic Church is so big, yeah. and it's such a that it's such so widespread, and there's so much. There's money involved and there's also like reputation involved yeah. that the, the bigger they are, the more they cover up. Mm-hmm. They have to. The less likely you are to, to try to do something about it. If, you're, if, if something like that happens in MBIC to any of the people's children that go to MBIC, yeah. that person's not even going to make it out. No, he's going to get not, He's not going to another masjid. He's not going anywhere. <laughs> no. Right? But that's because we're a small, close-knit community. Yeah. The bigger it gets, the more institutional you get, the more your funding is from the outside. More, the more strangers. Likely, yeah. The more likely you are to mm-hmm. keep it quiet and keep it moving. Yeah, and they're going to have strangers to pick on, too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And the other thing I was going to say is um, uh, there is a sense that this stuff requires education. So I can possibly imagine, doesn't make it right, but I can imagine. And I said this and someone uh, said, no, you're wrong. But I thought, you know, maybe some people are from the back home world and they don't know about this stuff. But then somebody said to me, wait, you don't think this stuff happens back home? They know and, about it even more so. Yeah, so so that's <laughs> that's wrong on my part. Fire. When I'm thinking, oh, maybe they're just Egyptians from back home, and they don't just they don't know this stuff is a reality here. No, that's this stuff goes on back home. It's a human thing, right? Yeah, yeah. I, I remember my my wife was telling me that uh, whenever they used to have like Quran classes, yeah. uh, and they would go to like uh, like the girls would go, and there would be like uh, an imam that would teach them, but their aunt would come and she would just sit in the back. And like she would just give this guy glares if he like That's moved. moved. That's appropriate, though. Right, right. Like even moved. Right? That's how it should be. Because like you know she knew 
Yeah. That like anything could go down at any time. You, you know, know like what? Um, who you know, by the way, sorry. Mm. Do you know this is a standard practice in medical offices? Mm-hmm. Right. A male, a male practitioner is never in the room alone with a child or a female practitioner. Yep. I mean, a female patient, mm-hmm. unless there's like another person in there with them, like a woman, yep. right. uh, a woman doctor, or a woman nurse, or an assistant, or somebody, mm-hmm. or yeah. a parent. Do you remember that Michigan um, doctor? Yeah. yeah. And I gotta go to your basement yeah. in your house to examine your daughter. <laughs> Unbelievable! Wait, and he's down there uh, for an this? hour. Yeah. Well, well, what's explain? The, okay. the, the the doctor for the uh, U.S. Olympic gymnastics team. Oh, the Ali Rainsman or whatever. No, that's that's one. Yeah, that's one of the that's one of the no, victims. The victims. Yeah. 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 Oh, okay. The guy's name was something. Nasser. George something. George. He was a he was a Lebanese Christian. Nasser. So he used to conduct the. He was the doctor, and he used to he was sexually abusing a lot of the gymnasts. And in one case, even at her house, mm-hmm. with the parents there, he was like, "Oh, we're gonna go downstairs. I have to just do a yeah. check on you." So he goes down to the basement. I mean, it's probably finished basement, but that's irrelevant. Yeah. And he's down there for like however long with the with the girl, with yeah. the like twelve, thirteen year old girl. Yeah. Give me crazy. a break. There, there, that's really got to be parental. There's nothing uh, you have to examine on my daughter that I can't be there for, or her mother. Yeah. Right. Are you crazy. Yeah, absolutely. Are you nuts? Yeah. And in a lot of countries, the Quran teaches for girls, if there wasn't a woman, uh, the first choice was the blind. <laughs> There's a reason. Right. There blind. You go. There you go. Because, uh, you know, they're, they're obviously, it's not a foolproof, but there is limitations to what, what they can do. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. And there should always be, there should always be somebody else there. Yeah. Like I mean, that's the simplest, 100%. right? Just have somebody else there. And by the way, I would say that for any kid, boy or girl, these days, it's not yeah. like if there's a boy there, then the parent steps out of the mm-hmm. room. With mm-hmm. right. I, re- I read an article. This is on topic, off topic. I read an article recently where some woman was really stressed out um, because she wanted to send her kids to camp. I think I might have shared it with you guys. And uh, she wanted to send her like 12-year-old daughter to summer camp. But she was like, nobody else is vaccinated. Not all these kids are vaccinated and the camp's not requiring masks or whatever. So she was having like this ethical dilemma like, I don't want to deprive my daughter of this experience, but I also don't want to send it to this camp because even though 12-year-olds can get vaccinated, not all of them will. And I yeah, your concern is a virus. <laughs> <laughs> you're sending your 12 year old daughter away for weeks with strangers, yeah, and your biggest concern insane. is the virus. What are you stupid? God, <laughs> my God. You, you know, I feel like a lot of this comes out of like people not accepting the realities between the genders, right? Yeah. Like, like there's there's definitely there's so many there's such a space for malpractice between like if there's a power dynamic between two people. There's always going to be that um, that possibility of mistreatment. Of course. And I feel like a lot, especially immigrant like uh, Muslims, they don't even consider the like sexual abuse something that's like it doesn't even come to their mind as like something uh, somebody would do. And then when they find out, they have the shocked Pikachu face. You know? So I think that's a good so. segue into <clears throat> our topic. But I, I'll let Alex give a more comment. No, no I think we just break, break from Mugger too. Oh, so, so then we'll come in Vic I think, okay, so then this is a good time to break, and then we'll, we'll get, get started on our topic. topic. Be- before we, the start. full break, Nas just, uh, he had like a split personality situation there, in case you guys didn't notice. He was like, you know, the reality of, of like... <laughs> Evolutionary development of the of the sexes and, the, and sexual dimorphism and their differences, and then he was like, you know, power dynamics, <laughs> and he just went full woke on the other side. Of it. I confirmed that there's male and female, and they have immutable natures. Also, 
you know, the power dynamics, uh, the person that has more uh, experience and age and, you know, the structural situation. They can just take just saying of, the word doesn't make they can take advantage. Wrong. They can take advantage of the weaker person in the scenario. <laughs> nah. That's true, though. That's not false. Pick a lane, bro. <laughs> yeah, uh, I, I apologize for that uh, sound spike. So oh. we'll, we'll fix that on the, on the coming back. Is it because I keep leaning in? Yeah, yeah you're not you trying to eat the mic. Too far. You don't eat the mic. We have, we have food here. <laughs> All right, uh, so we're back from Maghrib. So I wanted to segue from that discussion into an interesting conversation on uh, it's a bit more involved than friendship, but uh, there's a good essay that, that I got a chance to read. It was called Requiem, A Requiem for Friendship. It's actually by a Christian guy. Um, so I think he has a blog and he talks about a number of things, but he, he brings up this idea of friendship sort of dying uh, over time because of the growth of homosexuality, the sexual revolution, and as a matter of fact, because of the segue that we just had, the, the whole topic that we were just on, because of you know stuff like this, where you have, you know, pedos and weird dudes that we read homosexuality you know that are that are you know they have they have these tendencies what's good stuff just as a disclaimer the standard the standard belief and it is a belief in uh the social sciences is that pedophiles even if they exclusively target same same sex victims are not considered homosexuals they're pedophiles mm-hmm. what Gay dudes. <laughs> Why was that important gay, to point out? Gay yeah. dude, because he's bringing, he's talking about homosexual. Gay dudes that rape little boys are not considered gay, according to the social science <laughs> belief system. Currently, they're they're not gay. You can't lump them in with the gays. <laughs> since, so I'm since quiet. You, I'm quiet because I just really since you, don't know since how you to seg- Since to you that. segued into this, well, you know, homosexuals and the pedos. Unfortunately, according to the powers that be, we're not allowed to do that. If you keep saying it, somebody's going to come to your house. And knock on the door and be like, "Hey, you're not you're not towing the proper line." That, that's really funny. You know why? Because Foucault justifies pedophilia, right? That, and that, Foucault that, is that. Yeah, go ahead, Alex. Gay dude, <laughs> <laughs> right? And no, queer theory actually has no problem with pedophilia. They point back to you know the Roman and Greek times where uh-huh. uh, young people would have an older mentor. And, you know, they would have that type of relationship. And they said the Christian morality came in and, you know, stopped all of these libertine practices. And Not pedophilia, pederasty. There's a difference. They uh, don't go below, like, teenage adolescence. So they, they, they rape adolescents. That's okay. Mm. But if you go below adolescence, then you're a poor, It's not a funny subject, but the ridiculousness yeah. of these differentiations is... It's like is. bourgeoisie pedophilia. Mm. Yeah, that's so okay. pedophilia of the really young, that's not good. That's, that's but, a, this is the pedophilia that we're going to get soon, eventually. Yeah, here eventually. Yeah. So, but like reducing the age of consent to like in France, that's what it is. Reducing the age of consent, especially between homosexuals, to like, you know, eleven or twelve. That's perfectly fine according to their. Uh, we theory. see the signs of that, you know, being start. They're starting to try to create that consent here. Yeah. So right. let let me rephrase this as I told the legal line of what you know these terms mean yeah before you have to take a uh, proper thought vaccine (laughs) (laughs) um so the piece here it talks about it it actually starts talking about frodo and sam from lord of the rings and 
whenever people watch the Lord of the Rings, they really admire the friendship between Frodo, Sam, Mary, and Pippin. And this is like, oh, this is a great friendship, and this is what people aspire to. It's like, oh, it would be great if we could have friends like this today. But it's you won't, you very rarely will find friends like this today, especially in the Western world. And we had an entire episode on friendship, and I don't want to cover that specifically, but I want to talk about a few things that this piece talks about. So I'm going to quote the the piece here. Uh, Imagine a world wherein the taboo has been broken and incest is loudly and defiantly celebrated. Your wife's unmarried brother puts his hand on your daughter's shoulder. That gesture, once innocent, must now mean something, or at least suggest something. If the uncle were wise and considerate, he would make it he would not make it in the first place. You see a father hugging his teenage daughter as she leaves the car to go to school. The possibility flits before your mind. The language has changed and the individual can do nothing about it. And what he's referencing is open sexuality, loudly and defiantly celebrated, changes the language for everyone. Mm -hmm. If a man throws his arm around another man's waist, it is now a sign. Whether he is on the political right or on the left, whether he believes in biblical prescriptions of homosexuality or not. Um, uh, So... When we have this reading of homosexuality into every relationship you know, possible, as a matter of fact, I was speaking to someone uh, recently, uh, and they mentioned that they were building a shed in their backyard with their brother. And I was, I was like, oh, that's cool. They're like, yeah, we're building a shed, and we're, we got all this stuff. It's a non-Muslim person. Like, we're, we're building all this stuff. I was like, that's cool. And you know, I, I actually brought up this article that I was reading at the time, and he mentioned, actually, you know, now that you said that, that person that I was speaking about wasn't my brother. It's actually my best friend. But he's like, over time, people thought it was so weird that we would do so many close things together that eventually we just started calling each other brother. And now whenever we reference each other, we just say my brother. Otherwise, people think like we're gay. Mm. Well, so this is an idea, you know, I wanted to bring up to you guys is how has friendship kind of and, and not really even just Uh, friendship but male companionship sort of died over time because a lot of the problems that this essay talks about is that men are not emotionally able to open up to each other anymore because of this the 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 ability uh they're not able to emotionally open up to each other and have, have close friends or brothers or even close teachers now because of this reading of homosexuality and and how the natures of these things have changed over time so you saw me smiling. It's uh, sure. me, me and Dr. Shadi both looked at each other at two key moments, and it was all I could do to not cry. The one where you said put his arm around another man's waist, I, I, I looked away and I saw Dr. Shadi looking the same way. Right? And uh, also when you said open up to each other emotionally, <laughs> I'm sorry, but we might be a product of this, but culturally, yeah, I can't do it. Yeah, that's, yeah. Well, I'm, well, I'm, not, I'm not cool with it. But see, that's that's this exactly sounds like some hippie stuff. Man. Just, it was. So funny that I just look. Like, <laughs> just look straight we might, at. Each other. We, we might we might be see some differences uh, between North and South Jersey in this conversation. <laughs> <laughs> well, but see, that's what that's actually what the article argues, right? That over time, language and understandings of things have changed. Mm-hmm. And I know Nas had a bunch of points on 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 the, on the changing of language over time because, like you. Actually, the fact that you guys did laugh at it is, is proof of the pudding that the understandings and the culture and the language around these things have changed, right? Mm-hmm. And, and maybe, you know, a hand, was, a, hand around... When was a hand on somebody's waist normal? Maybe a hand... In some cultures, it is, right? Like no, a, a hand so, around... Yeah, but this is America, and that guy's an American, right? I don't but, think... But he's don't referencing that, historical. I don't think that ever happened in America. If you've done any martial... Oh, 
Sorry. <laughs> if you've done any martial arts, right, then you're constantly putting your hand around another guy's waist. That's the, so, yeah, but not that's like a sport. Yeah, not to walk down the street. Or like just to sit next to each other, like that never. I mean, I've in had. Uh, I actually, I shouldn't say I, but I mean, some Bengalis, right? <laughs> some some people do that. You know, yeah, say, I know your I know, Bengali I enclave is not America, bro. <laughs> <laughs> well, but the but other, the, the, but, the, but this, that's the thing, right? The article is not specifically talking about Americans. It's talking about culture overall, yeah. right? Now, if if I go back to you know some some friendships that I've seen in India, they do like they will, they and you, it's a joke now, right? Like they'll they'll hold hands and walk down the street, and you guys might think like, oh that. That's strange because you've lived in this culture. Yeah. Right. But it's because we now read homosexuality into certain situations. Like, for example, you mentioned earlier that Bengali parents, for example, I think you said Bengali or South Asian parents, don't even see this type of stuff in, like, you know, these Quran classes because it's completely foreign to them that a man would be a homosexual. Mm-hmm. It's so foreign to them that it's like, how on earth could that even be possible right. that this man is attracted to young boys or to other men? Not right? a, it's not on the radar. Right. And so, like, for example, a man putting his w- hand around the waist of another man. And actually, the, the essay goes, goes further on to say that Lincoln used to share, like, a bed with, you know, one of his friends. And like he, and many times like he, he, he stated like he, he there was no sexual yeah. attraction, and 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 he references a lot of historical figures that used to do things that would be considered strange. For example, I mean obviously not Muslims, but he, he talks about skinny like uh, skinny dipping, right? When there were no uh, shorts, right? People used to bathe anywhere, anytime in the world without like not, probably not Muslim nations, but in most places without clothes on. Right and homosexuality or any type of sexual behavior was never interpreted I see into, so the, into the. So the I, summary I of what you're saying is that because there was no sexual attraction, a lot of things were fair game to do. Yes. Right, mm-hmm. and allowed guys to be close together, like now, showers in the gym. Yeah, that's happened, and then we know that Bani Israel, because they were so poor, and when, when they were uh, stuck in the desert. They shower, They bathed in lakes, guys all together, and girl, women all together. Right. And so they're bathing in a lake. And right. Sayyidina Musa didn't do that with them. I have two points to say. The first thing is the little far'i. It's a side point. I know there was just one mention in the list, which is the emotionally opening up. Sure. Right? Uh, I would just want to just, just to bring that up as a point that for some reason that uh, it's sort of, it's an odd thing, in my opinion, personally. Right, and I think that guys they have a banter in order to actually, you know, like when you when you fight, uh, when they train people to fight, they'll have a guy punch your chest and your stomach. In the Marines, they do this. Why? Yeah. To make your you capable of hit, taking that hit, right? So until the nerves there literally die, right? They do that. I think guys' banter is oftentimes to de- to make you less sensitive. Why? Because in the olden days we go to war together. We hunt together. We do all sorts of stuff that requires lack of sensitivity. Mm-hmm. Not lack of sensitivity, but you can't be so sensitive and do those functions at the same time. Exactly. Well, right? I, I think, and that's why, that's why that stuff was considered important. It was important to toughen up a little bit. And I know that we have an email that from a from a listener, and she uh, she said, please when you when you're talking about toughening up. Don't forget there are real mental illnesses. Fine, 100%. We're going to discuss that. So we're not just blank and everyone's got to toughen up. No, but literally, there were male activities that required, you know, physical, mental, and emotional toughness. Right? So I have this. If you see this, my pinky is crooked. Yeah. I broke that when I was uh, like in high school or something. 
because we had a game growing up. It was a game that every all my friends played. It was called going hard to the body, mm. which is exactly what Doc was talking about. You used to literally have a fist fight, mm-hmm. just couldn't hit the face. Yeah. But like full on, you can hit the body as hard as you want. Yeah. And that's how I broke my finger. So uh, two, two things that I'm going to comment on. Well, I'm not done. Go ahead. So on the one hand, the emotional element, that has cropped up because modernity has taken away from a, a lot of guys challenge, physical challenge. Mm-hmm. Right? Physical challenge has been taken away from you. So when you come home at the end of the day, you know, and, there's, and, there, and there needs to be cooking done, you're expected to at least participate in that because you didn't go and hunt that animal and spend eight hours a day hunting that animal that you could come home and put your feet on the on the sofa, right? And now it's your turn to do the work, right? I did eight hours. I hunted the moose. You cook it now, right? 50-50. Yeah. So that doesn't exist anymore. War doesn't exist anymore. The idea that there's an enemy tribe over there doesn't exist anymore. So that's why emotions are being much more like delicate almost. I think right? uh, so. That's that's one point, but this is a side point. This is irrelevant to the big picture. The bigger picture, I think, that male friendship is not just dissipating because of a sexuality. Sure, yeah, it's dissipating because of the lack of a shared sacred. Mm-hmm. When you share a sacred together, and we all share a sacred good and a sacred bad, it's very important to have a sacred bad. There must be things we all deem are evil, haram, and dangerous, right? Because that's what helps us, that we all together to stay away from that or to fight it. Okay, so back in the uh, uh, back in the day, let's say even secularly, there was communism. There was a threat at least, right? But a shared sacred, something that we all agree on as good and bad, that's what brings people together. And it's in a sense, our religion and all religions, I think most religions, they're a mission. Your whole life is a long journey. And that requires togetherness because someone's going to knock you up. Satan's going to knock you up. The other people are going to knock you off. All that brings us together. Yeah. To, you know, to, to, be, to build on what Dr. Shadi was saying, um, I'll give you some examples uh, that support what you're saying, but also indicate why this is separate for us. Let, let, so, me, give, let me give one point before sure. you say that. So let me clarify what I, was, what I meant by emotionally open, uh, opening up. I do not mean men emotionally open up in the way that women do. That's, just, that's, that, that's absolutely not what I mean. And it's I don't not think, politically correct at right, all. Right, right. <laughs> well, uh, because, for example, when, when I think the author and you know, what I was referring to about men emotionally opening up, it is in, in, the, in the sense of brotherhood. Right. So, for example, let's say we're on a trip, we're camping, you know, and, and, and we have this camaraderie and we're sitting by a creek and, you know, somebody says it's like, oh, like, you know, well, they're, we're, they're discussing something and somebody says it's like, oh, you know, my uh, my this has happened in my life. And people are like, oh, it'll be all right. Right. That's, and, that's and this fine. person gets over it. That's OK. Now, that's one point I'd like to bring up, because this is now also taken away from people. And second, I'd like to bring up the fact that it's it's interesting to me that. Nas, Saad, and I are kind of in agreement on some, some things, and you two are not, because I think it has a big generational gap as well, because the way you grew up around the friends that you did, <laughs> no, no, that stuff existed. That stuff existed, the, the camaraderie, the, bro- the brotherhood, no. people being able to, to do those yeah. things. So, Saad, I'm, Saad, Saad, I'm, not, I'm not in agreement. Okay. Um, so uh, I, I think even the language used in that, and and to be fair, I'm gonna indict myself here. I haven't read the article yet, so I I, I will read the article and and you know we'll, we'll provide proper commentary on it. But I think even the language used there, and I don't know if he used that those terms right, emotionally open up. 
So I think what the image that that conjures is not the same image as what you're implying, right? Where we're talking about male bonding experience. What you're talking about is male bonding experiences, right? Uh, when dudes are in the thick of it in an experience, right? Like Dr. Shady mentioned, like in a war or in some struggle, right? Like when, when guys are struggling together, there's a component of male bonding that exists in those situations, right? Yeah. But I don't know if I would characterize that as e emotionally opening up in the same way that people understand that today right about like Fair. i'm gonna go to like a therapist right and Fair. i'm gonna i'm okay, gonna fine. i'm gonna air out my oh, emotions yeah. or right? i'm gonna call my friends and so, be like oh my god i'm so right upset. i'm so sad right and and to be fair i don't think that's what moin meant anyway but that's what that guy that's the language that 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 guy used in the in the article which i don't agree with that wording but i agree in principle with the idea of bonding experiences for males right so, guys guys look there's very simple reason okay the the reason dr shadi and alex has a different view on emotions is because of your personalities that's it right there are, i mean look at uh, dr shadi's egyptian right but would you say that you have the same personality as sheikh sharawi for example like he's uh, sheikh sharawi is very emotional when he's speaking emotional right? is different than uh, let's discuss my emotions. I've, but I've cried different. on the minbar in no, front of the whole yeah. community. No, no, no. I'm not talking about. I'm talking about the giving importance to feelings, right? I love and feelings. It was a manly. I, <laughs> I love feelings. Yeah. It, there's different ways to talk yeah, about. There's of course, different right. elements of feelings. What I understood it as um, is almost like a a type of. Um, Vent, not a venting session, but almost like a, a whining session. A whining session. <laughs> that's right. That's how I yeah. perceived it. Yeah. But feelings, um, I love, life is feelings. If right. you don't feel, you're dead, right? right. And you got to feel good too. Yeah. But you got to know, but you can't like sort of, this idea of sort of, it seems like I'm sort of pitying myself and I'm sort of like complaining that my wife said this. Mm. I don't want to hear that from my friends. I'm sorry, sorry to say right. that, right? But unless you're telling me this is a serious problem that, you know, how do I handle this, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But if you're having a meltdown, it just feels me feel uncomfortable. Like right. something's yeah. wrong here. Yeah. Right? I mean, that's Be what therapists are for. Yeah. yeah but, or call but, your mom or something. Oh, oh, but parenting and socialization is for that too. Mm -hmm. Like when we all friends and and I and, and someone sort of starts being offended or upset by something that we all deem that's not worth it. Someone's mm -hmm. gonna say something in a nice way. Like on the side, you know, yeah, it's not really a big deal. See, you know, when I think of socialization helps yeah. us to know what can I complain about and feel my, bad for myself yeah. and whatnot. That's all it is. I'm, I, the point I'm trying to make is that when I think of emotionally opening up, quote unquote, that's a very liberalish you know, sort of, uh, you know, self-love type of language. But let's look at some of the, you know, the letters that Imam Ghazali's students wrote to him, for example, you know, or the way that scholars speak, uh, you know, when they send letters, how they speak to each other. Uh, even if you're reading Odysseus, I mean, even you know, two thousand, three thousand years ago, the Odysseus is complaining to his, uh, you know, crewmates that I'm stuck on this island, I'm depressed, this and that. So I think the male bonding experience is really for men to have a safe space. I, I hate to use that word, I'm sorry, but men to have a safe space to resolve their problems, right? And the way that we emotionally open up is that when we're opening up, we're actually looking for a solution, not simply validation. Right. That's, I like that. That's yeah. fair enough. That's that you a got a problem. Because, sure. uh, you know, males are 
problem solving oriented mm-hmm. right and so what what doc said earlier is like i don't want to hear your problem if they're if i have no uh part to play in solving thank it, you right thank you. Yes. I, I don't want to hear about it. like if if you if you're coming to me with some actual solvable problem yes. in your life then let's get at it let's work yes. at it at yes. solving this problem uh-huh. but if it's just kind of like uh Venting. i'm just gonna tell you this and and i just want you to listen <laughs> then then then, <laughs> then then i think you know That's an i think i I think guys generally are like, oh, you know, I, I'm not really interested. In See, hearing but this. then, but then, even that, I feel like there's a space for that as well. Right? I agree with well, that. Well, yeah. Th- yeah. Uh, but Sorry. let me yeah. let me finish. The there's a, definitely a space for that where uh, somebody he's going through some difficult things. Who's he going to complain to? You know, in today's culture, the the culture wants us to complain to our wives or women, right? But the fact of the matter is that male friendships exist. For you know, males to be able to talk to each other and talk about these issues. Mm-hmm. But the, here's the clincher, though: even when uh, males are complaining or venting, let's say, what they're looking for is encouragement or still a solution, right? For example, if let's say I'm talking about you know my day was horrible, it was this, it was that. Now, if my friend tells me, you know, look, Nas, man, everything's good. Like, why are you complaining so much? You know, I feel like I feel like you could get through this. You're you're doing good. I'm not gonna. I I would actually feel good about that, right? Now I'm gonna say something controversial. No. There are certain other people, uh, males and females, uh, more so females, where they just want to be heard, yeah. right? And they don't really. They aren't really trying to get encouragement or look for a solution. I think that's the big difference between um, male emotionally opening up, let's say, and you know other. I totally agree with you. What you just said, I think it makes a lot of sense because I've experienced that. On both ends, okay. Uh, it's, I don't know. I haven't been able to pinpoint exactly where it ticked. I guess I just got triggered, right? When you said, <laughs> yeah. but, uh, but open up emotionally yeah, was it was, it was, just, like a, it was a something. Word. I, and I haven't been able to pinpoint exactly. It's yeah. terribly phrased. But yeah. but just to be fair though, Nas, in that in that example you just brought up as well, there implicitly like your friend also kind of said, hey. It's not that bad. Deal with it, right? Like even even in the solution, yeah. or even in the advice, it was kind of like, "Listen, man, you've got a lot of things going for you. Like, you shouldn't. This shouldn't be something you're complaining about." Inherent in the advice. So yes. even even then, I feel like there's a sense of like, "Listen, you push through this. I, I'll help you push through this. I'll help you work through this." But at the end of the day. Like we, you can't just sulk about this forever, right? Yeah. We we've got to move past this, and I'll help you do that. But you, know, you brought up letters to Imam Ghazali. Yeah. You know, there's one student who wrote him a letter. He said he was impotent, and he was like, "What is actual being with a woman, having sexual relations like?" And Imam Ghazali's response was, "You're a fool for even asking that. How am I supposed to explain it to you? You yeah. have no reference." He said, "I knew you were impotent. I didn't know you were a fool." <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. Sometimes let's look at our other man. But but the fact that he's comfortable enough to ask him that question, right? And he should have been though. He's not. He got chastised. (laughs) But he's not. He's not. uh, You know, butthurt about being chastised. Still, the chastisement is uh, still out of love, right? No. Here's the thing. Uh, You did. You make. You made a great point. Which, let's say, a guy complains about something in his workplace. I'm expected to be part of a solution, right? I don't expect that. Like you just said, I just wanted to talk. It's just it's a seems like a waste of time. But you would not be able to say that if your wife came home and mm-hmm. said, "Oh, this happened and this happened and this happened," and you don't you just listen and you be, give support, right? You don't say, "Okay, well, let's sit down and write this down and see what the problem is." 
I don't think that that's what they necessarily maybe maybe they don't. You there, know. There's there's a whole movie from way back in my youth, uh, White Man Can't Jump. Mm-hmm. The entire premise is that uh, Woody Harrelson's character, his wife complains about something, and he tries to solve it, and she's like, "What are you doing? Yeah. I just want you to yeah. like, <laughs> I just want you to to empathize yeah. with me. I don't want a solution." He's like, "But it's a simple solution." She's like, "I don't need that from <laughs> you. You're an idiot." <laughs> I think every husband, probably a lot of husbands, have learned that lesson in year one. Or yeah. year two right. um, just one other thing so about the physical contact thing like the hand around the waist or whatever there's there's some cultural differences um, and there's some it's religious differences that apply here right so like in Argentina which is my the culture my mother comes from men kiss each other on the cheek mm-hmm. like regularly and Egyptian nobody spirit. thinks it's gay yeah. but it's a culture also where men kiss women all the time and even like you just met some woman, she, you go to your uncle's house, there's some girl your age there, and you get introduced and you kiss her on the cheek. That's how you introduce somebody. So it's a culture where there's a lot of physical contact. Mm-hmm. So that physical contact between men doesn't seem weird because there's also a lot of physical contact between unmarried men and women. Mm-hmm. If you're put into a Muslim context where the only physical contact you're having is with other men, it's problematic, man. It really is. It actually so, is completely problematic. So I think, uh, one, I didn't think this was going to be so contentious because I think we're missing the forest for the trees here. That's not what I was trying to get at. Do you want to tell us about how you feel? <laughs> <laughs> so Get us back on track, Mona. Yeah, so so look, uh, one, it's, let's not get, this is not a Muslim guy writing this, okay? So yeah, let's not get which is why right. he comes from a culture where right. they also hang out with women a lot. Right, for so sure, yeah, I the, agree. the being naked around men is not like, that's the only nudity. Right, you, so, it's, I mean, it's what, different. what the, 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 the article was referencing to, and what I really wanted to be an offshoot for us, is how we understand male growth and male bonding in, you know, and male friendships and close male friendships. Especially, for example, if we if we look at the, the, the companion, the, the, the friendships of the Sahaba, right? What were they like? Mm-hmm. You know, how did they interact with each other? And, and how did they provide outlets for, because right now we live in a time we don't have... Do an episode on that? <laughs> I don't think we did. Uh, uh, we don't have something like war. We don't have something. And, and if you take younger generations, they're not even outside playing anymore. They're not going out building tree houses and going and doing like crazy stuff. Like, you know, I used to go, we used to like just have firecrackers in the street and you know, there'll be like 15 guys and we were just running around doing You know that the, the origins of American football are because they were in between wars. Yeah. The Ivy League, no, for real. Students in the Ivy Leagues, they felt like they couldn't do what their fathers or older brothers had done by fighting mm-hmm. in World War One. Yeah. So they were like, we need something to prove ourselves as men. Yeah. And we don't have anything external. So they really, really made football like a really big deal. That's why all the terms are, are blitz, blitzkrieg, yeah, yeah. the mm-hmm. German terms. Yeah, uh-huh. so, Hail so, Mary. Yeah, yeah, so the... the, the, the <laughs> Throw the bomb. <laughs> this is this is why American football so gets developed and it becomes such a big thing in the in the Ivy Leagues. Yeah, yeah. it's because because they they're you know they're educated and they're they were intelligent people you know whatever what, however cancel cancelable they might be today yeah. they were actually a group of intelligent people who uh, weren't all legacies like they mostly are today. And, and yeah. we we don't have physical struggles. Now physical right. is important. It's we super have important. we have spiritual struggles. We are all most Muslims today worldwide are facing a massive spiritual struggle. But that's different though, right? There is a difference. It's something, it's not nothing. Yeah. But uh, we have no physical struggle. Like that's why people get so amped up about sports yeah. because like, it's the only fe- it's artificially getting that adrenaline out. Yeah, and right? that's, that's why football was a college and even an Ivy League thing. Working mm-hmm. class people had no need for that. 
because yeah. they were out there actually using struggling their bodies for and real. struggling for yeah. real yeah and and uh, sometimes you think hajj is gonna be it but it's just become so easy hajj is so easy <laughs> so yeah there's no struggle i mean it's, it's, not, it's not easy but come on in the 90s in the in the 90s i remember people would come back and there was the friendships made out of hajj were really strong because they were real yeah, inefficiencies right. in Saudi Arabia. Well, now you, I mean, now everyone flies to Hajj, right? You yeah. had to go on a journey just to get to Hajj to get before. To Hajj, yeah. That in and, itself and, was a huge and there was a lot there were undertaking. There were a lot of inefficiencies, you know, in every, the Hijaz, right? Every time somebody goes to Hajj and they send me their, you know, forgive yeah. me if I ever told to you like yeah. that, I'm going, I'm about to die list. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, <laughs> not really, yeah, bro. Yeah, yeah. Like yeah, you didn't do that when you when you were going to Cancun. <laughs> <laughs> I understand that it's a tradition, but <laughs> you you're, you're kind of LARPing right now. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. But people go hiking in like, you know, all these remote random places. Yeah, exactly. Right? I'm like, going to Hajj. I have to make my will. Yeah. No, make your will when you go to the Grand Canyon. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> make your will when you go uh, 30,000 feet and jump off in a wingsuit. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna Sorry, say something we, controversial, right? Can you so say I, further from the mic, though. No, thanks. Yeah. I'm gonna say something controversial. I think uh, you're talking about the lack of struggle. I think one of the other reasons that sort of um, male friendships and also uh, to a certain degree achievement has died down is because of non-segregated spaces, right? And the Ivy League. That's not again, controversial for us. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well. <laughs> The the Ivy Leagues, uh, as you know, they were um, they were only segregated. yeah they were gender segregated, oh, yeah. and there was this huge movement in the Ivy Leagues to get uh, women into the colleges, mm -hmm. and the reason is obvious. You know, it wasn't like oh women's rights. That's not why they were doing it. <laughs> <laughs> there there are other reasons. Let me tell you how a lot of stuff has not been really about women's rights in the last fifty years. <laughs> no, seriously, seriously. No, seriously. Yeah. 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 And. And um, you know, sexual revolution is not about women's freedom and rights. It's it's, it's a really not. It's a bunch of dudes taking advantage. Exactly, exactly. Yeah, and uh, especially in the, uh, if we look at uh, colleges and uh, you know schools now, the m highest performing people are women, right? and uh, men are just like leaving these institutions in droves because how are you going to pay attention when you know there's there's a, a girl drama and uh, you know baby daddy drama, all this other stuff that's going on, and you're also having to you know, focus on your studies. Mm -hmm. And I saw this all the time, you know, some of the youth in our community, uh, they're doing good, they're doing good, then they get a girlfriend. It's over, mm -hmm. right? It's over, their studies are gone, and they're doing- Do you doing, Muslim kids? Uh, yeah. Just <laughs> beat them, man. <laughs> so, uh, right, and then uh, it's like, you know, it's like they, they go on a downhill trajectory because, again, how are you supposed to, the biggest, the biggest impulse in a human being is the, <laughs> the right. is the impulse for the opposite gender, right? Wait, so. this is so daisy of you, bro. Yeah. These kids are committing zina, and you're worried about their grades. That's the most <laughs> daisy thing I ever heard in my life. So you can't fail better. <laughs> no, uh, I grew up with uh, four or five Egyptian friends, Muslim friends, and and a Libyan. Okay, and the, we were only a small group. Islam was not something that was all over the TV. It was we didn't. There weren't even a lot of Muslims. You know, in America, at least in our conscience, there probably were, but in our minds, we didn't see that, right? You literally could count the number of Muslims that you knew on your hands, and if you saw a Muslim in the supermarket, you you had to go talk to them, right? Because this was a big deal. We had certain rulings that we all know about, right? Regarding men, women, gender, what's halal, what's haram. That's what kept us together, right? So it wasn't all 
a male uh, group. It was a segregated group, right? And until today, we're still friends, right? So the idea of having guys coming together right, with a shared boundaries makes a big deal because we had to sort of, we felt, we knew that even though we were young, mm-hmm. we protected each other, mm-hmm. you know, from going going astray, falling into haram. We protected each other. Well, once you have shared boundaries, sorry, I don't mean to cut you off, Moin, but once you have shared boundaries, right, you have something to defend. Yeah, you have exactly. you have lines to defend now. Exactly. And so when you're with a group of of people, of men yeah. that that have set boundaries, now all of a sudden you're in the same boat, right? We have to defend these lines now and this is our shared struggle. The girls group was no different. They're still best friends today, right? And and we knew that they were who they were. Yeah. Not like we didn't know who they were, but they were doing the exact same thing that we were doing <laughs> in different homes, different sleepovers, different things. We knew exactly they were doing the same thing. That we were doing right and that's how that's my experience of friendship and that that and if anyone who left let's say okay one is straight it happens right one of the one or two kids they went off the deep end that to us was like uh you know we were upset by that yeah. but it, it made us even closer made us realize okay not this could happen to any of us right so so that's really where a segregated group you know guys are guys and i'm sure that the women will say the same thing about the camaraderie that developed in their own way, right? Uh, there's that's my experience of it, and, that, and there and there's nothing better than it. It's a great experience. You see, one thing that you can't discount is that I know most of the guys you're talking about. You guys had real fathers too. That's true. Like that's that, true. like I mean, like real fathers that yeah. were men and that were Muslim men. Mm-hmm. So that's a that's a, that makes a huge difference. Yeah, and I'm sure though, if let's say it was desegregated. There will be a different competition between the guys that Absolutely. would ruin the guys' relationship. Well, now you're mixing boundaries. 100%. Yeah, yeah. 100%. They'd be competing for you know who can get the girls' attention more. Yeah. Yeah. I mean that's that's what I was gonna comment on is it's not even just about the the haram, right? As soon as you introduce a woman into a male only space, you change the entire dynamic of the male only space. It's actually one of the reasons why, like you know, younger kids. You know, they'll say like, oh, like girls have cooties, you know, uh, uh, they don't want the girls around. They'll hang like, you know, signs like, you know, like the girls are not, not, not allowed. Right. Like you'll see the younger kids will do that right to their siblings or whatever. Right. That, oh, it's like we, there's no girls allowed. There's only boys playing because they understand even from a fitra perspective that as soon as you introduce the opposite gender into that space, it immediately changes. And it's it's no different for their spaces. Exactly, too, right? exactly. Yeah. I mean, you introduce yeah. a man into their space, it now changes the dynamic. Yeah. They no longer can be women, yeah. and the men can no longer just be men. Right? Well, one of the great arcs of storytelling is the love triangle, mm. and precisely for this reason. I mean, look what happened with Harry Potter, you know? Uh, they always wanted a. <laughs> Wait, <laughs> me and Sheikh Shadi had the same Why reaction. Why do you guys like? What happened? With Harry Potter? We have no idea. <laughs> Just because you guys are the generational gap. The only thing okay. I know is a lightning stroke on his. Uh, uh, I for, forgot that example. No, no, go ahead. <laughs> Most of the well, listeners know the example. Well, basically, um, Harry, Ron, Hermione. There's uh, usually in these uh, love triangle things, it's either you know two guys with one girl, right, that have grown up together or something, and. You know, the whole fan base is like, which way is it going to go? Is it going to be the guy with the girl? And then usually what happens is if one of the guys gets the girl, then his friend, oh, He's there's going to, exactly, there's going to be, there's going to be uh, some competition. Yeah. And that's exactly hap- uh, what happens in Harry Potter because uh, Ron uh, starts loving Hermione. And I believe uh, Hermione initially has a crush on Harry. 
something like that. Yeah, something like that. And stuff happens, right? And then there's a there's a difficulty and oh, here's here's what happens, wait, right? Wait, wait. Hermione Hermione's a girl. Hermione's a girl. Yeah. Hermione really takes care of Harry, right? I thought, so, I thought that name was pronounced Hermione? Hermione or <laughs> Hermione or something like that. In the movie it's Hermione. It's so so the point is that, you know, Harry and Ron have a fight and uh, things happen. But the point I'm trying to make is um, w- this doesn't need to be controversial because it's so embedded in all of our stories. Yeah. You know, in fact, I wrote a story once. Um, uh, there was this older guy, and then he had an assistant, and he was a detective. Okay, he was a detective, and in the entire story, like he solved a crime, and then his assistant interacts, and I, uh, you know, gave it to my teacher. He's like, uh, she's like, uh, this is a really good story, but like nothing happens between the guy and the girl. No, no sexual right? tension. Yeah, exactly. There's no, and then you know, what about this other guy? You know, uh, you should probably have some sort of love triangle going. And then I realized most, you know, most of the things that drive the plot of a story has to do with these uh, conflicts about love. Yeah. Right. And again, where does it come out of? It's that tension between the male and the female. Yeah. So. It, uh, now, I'm sure someone who comes with a valid uh, exception or criticism to the generalizations about this. But well, what's the fact that we know in our dean is that this is what friendships are supposed to be. Yeah. Right? They're let- supposed to be like that. And, and whether or not. You know, we could give an analysis of why or why not, but that's how it's supposed to be, yep. right? And that's what, in many ways, works. Right, you know? right. And this and this type of storyline would not exist would not <laughs> exist with a religious group. No, right, right. Yeah, it's not going to exist. Oh, I mean, if 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 the one guy, if what is it, Ron? Yeah. If Ron proposed to uh, Herringbone. Whatever her name is, and uh, Harry's not allowed to even propose to her yeah. again until she either accepts or rejects him. Sharia wise, yeah. 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 wait, why would Ron propose to Harry? Hermione, Hermione, Herringbone. I thought you were going for like uh, no, no, whatever her name is. Gender flip. So like, if, if if she has an offer on the table, that's it. Yeah, yeah Harry can't undercut. Well, and also, he's not. Uh, well, I guess it is. You can't get in a bidding say, war. Yeah, you can't yeah. get a bit. But I guess it is permissible to say I propose to somebody. Yeah, to her, right? It is permissible for you to say that. I mean, they're they're all friends. Like, yeah. you're going to tell your friend you're going to go ask somebody's father for yeah. their daughter's hand, right? Yeah. And, like, it would be ridiculous for your friend to then come and be like, I have a better I, offer. I know, you, I know he just came yesterday, but here I am today. <laughs> <laughs> it's, not, it's not permissible. Yeah. <clears throat> okay. Uh, so, the one of the main, uh, main points that I wanted to bring up here and why it's important to why why I thought it was important whether you guys disagree or not is different. But uh, he he mentions a point here that the stigma against sodomy cleared away ample space for an emotionally powerful friendship that did not involve sexual intercourse exactly as the stigma against incest allows for the physical and emotional freedom of a family. So when we don't read in, for example, within a family, the idea of incest or homosexuality, it allows people to come together and understand one another. <clears throat> and so he, he actually argues that essentially you have to do for all male groups, which I think Muslims do, that you have to do for all male groups exactly what a husband and wife must do with regards to other members of the opposite sex. Adulterers and sodomites, you know, they exist and people read into those things, but they must be called so so that we may have chaste spouses and bosom friends. Obviously, this guy, you know, is, is a Christian. So my main point was the idea of male friendship and male bonding that we do have in our tradition in our community and we have the example of the sahaba and how do we understand those things today because we just brought up this whole story of Mm. this youth director 
right? Mm-hmm. Who, how, how are men supposed to have these spaces anymore, right? Where are men supposed to have these spaces? Because even in the Muslim community, you see this growth of homosexuality and, and these types of things. So it, ignoring like all of the readings of Christianity and the stuff that this article has, right? Like, so, let's so, talk about it from so the Muslim taking perspective. taking it at that, at, at, at that value that you're giving, even then, right, he's arguing for returning to a space where you don't suspect that guy of being a pedophile. Mm-hmm. Like, I think that that's where a lot of Muslim... Especially people from traditional Muslim cultures, from heritage Muslim societies, how they view things more innocently, right? Like there's there's no suspicion of homosexuality, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and that doesn't doesn't conform apply with anymore. reality. Doesn't apply anymore. Like it never what applied. he's talking about, yeah, it never applied because let me tell you something: madrasa teachers were abusing kids decades ago, centuries ago. Mm-hmm. There's even in the books of fiqh, it even talks about it. Like the most, the early Muslims were more aware of this than people are today. There's there's rulings in the books of fiqh about Quran teachers not being alone with young boys, mm-hmm. and not because Quran teachers are all gay, and not because the homosexuality was rampant in that society. Which, by the way, is the reading that some modernists given. They go, see, there was gay people. All no, it's because you have to cut off the means, mm-hmm. right? Because at the end of the day, you have to tie your camel when it comes to these things, and you can't suspect everybody. But you also should not. Like you don't you don't suspect your your neighbors and your friends of being thieves, but you also don't leave money laying on your counter True. and your door open. I think that's I think mm. that's fair though, right? I think yeah. like because the I think the the criticism you have here, and I think it's fair. He's an idealist, which, which is yeah, exactly. He's an idealist thinking that you know, no matter what we do, you know, if we go back to this type of society and this situation, you know, and we just assume that nobody's like gay, then you know, we'll all be well, we'll all be good, even though if it if it did it did exist. Right? Well, he's, he's basically the, to give. To, to give an analysis, uh, an analogy, to give an analogy, let's say incest became a norm, right? What would happen to <clears throat> father-daughter relationships or brother-sister relationships? Pretty weird. They'd be destroyed. But right? even, even there's so much you couldn't do. Even then, she, even in a in a healthy society, there's still certain things that are aid between uh, father-daughter, brother-sister. That's true, right? Like it's not all just like That's true. all good. So yeah. although there might be. Limits, right? Even father daughter, there's limits. We all understand them. We don't even need to discuss what those limits are, right? Yeah. To a, after a certain age, obviously, fathers and daughters are not doing certain things together, right? Well, th- yep. There's like, like if you have kids, maybe a little boy and a little girl could share a room up until a certain age, but once they hit like you know yeah. double digit ages, you're, you're putting them in separate rooms. That's true. Right, like there's a difference between doing like rough and tumble play with a three year old versus like an eighteen year old. Exactly. Right. Yeah. So, course, so yeah. like, but we realize that, but we still. Don't read in incest to the three-year-old rough and play. No. If you did, right, then that would change the entire dynamic of the relationship. Yeah. Well, let's just talk practically. You asked the question, how are what are guys' relationships? How do guys get together? Right. Yeah. Well, we got plenty of ways. Still salvageable, and we as Muslims, we have a lot more than others, right? Because we all believe in the importance of this of segregated friend groups. Mm-hmm. Whereas non-Muslims, they don't all believe in that. You would have to convince them, right? And it's a very hard thing to do. Why would they accept this? This, this entire, you know, you guys laughing, making fun of this. It's actually proof that you know this isn't that much of a problem in Muslim Muslim society. Because for mm-hmm. us, it's like we read this and we're like, well, that's just stupid, right? Like that's just all day. I'm doing all guys stuff. Yeah. Like all, most ninety percent of my office hours are, are are guys, and there are some guys today. They they have some time on their hand. They come hang out in the masjid, right? Yeah. All day from since after COVID, like this, they've been locked down for a long time, and now that there's some place to go, 
it's become like a thing. It just developed by itself that like I'm tutoring people, have office hours, and then there's some gaps, and then there's salah, and then we do it again, and then there's salah. So they just come hang out. And if I have some to talk to somebody in private, they go to a corner. Yeah. When they're done, they come. If there's a class, they hang out. So it just develops all day and all week. We're in all guy friendships, right? See, the, the real issue here, I think, and uh, I think Muin might have mentioned it at the beginning of the podcast, is the issue of reading things into language. And, and the example that I'm going to give you might be offensive, but imagine, you know, somebody, one of these, you know, liberal people, they're reading, you know, a biography of a scholar and his students came and he kissed them on the forehead. Yeah. <clears throat> or they read Imam Ahmad, um, uh, uh, he took the robe of Imam al-Shafi'i he soaked it and he drank the water. Yeah. And then there's so many things like this yeah. in our history, in the books, even with the Prophet <coughs> right? And then even till this day, you know, some people, I was uh, saying things like, you know, as this, this Sahabi, he drank the Prophet's blood. And then there's this reaction. And the reason, and then there are, especially liberal people, a lot of, uh, you know, postmodern analysis of Islam, yeah. some of these people, they read in, you know, not not with the process. I'm, I'm not yeah. talking about that. Astaghfirullah. They like, read in like this Rumi acceptance. And his exactly, yeah. exactly. They 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 want to argue that Rumi yeah. had this relationship with Shams al Tabriz and also yeah. the Sufis uh, and also and there's a lot of us talk about you know um, like these relationship between the scholars. So yeah. it's a problem I think of reading uh, stuff into language that might or might not be there. Their commentary is irrelevant. <laughs> but my, my my point is right. It's coming from it's it's coming yeah. from a place, and I'm uh, the the place that is. Well, coming I don't from. think I think if they were genuine, if they yeah. were really like, oh my god, I read Rumi and Subhanallah, I think that these dudes were gay. It's not. They're not genuine. They're not, you give them too much credit. Mashallah, no. that you're you look at it with with the eye of innocence. These people are actually dishonestly and disingenuously looking for things that they can attach their political yeah. ideology to, and be like, oh look. There were gays in the past. They have. Right. They absolutely don't believe it. that it's true. Uh, it's it's. They're it's, deceitful liars. No, you're, you're like the you're Shia. right. You're right. You're right. And the mm -hmm. and the reason they feel comfortable doing that is because a lot of these postmodernists, they believe the language creates reality, right? Uh, not in a literal way, but in the in the way that, um, there's language is so imprecise that you can't really know what the truth is. Then why are they saying it? <laughs> well, let's, let, how would you interpret it? The so they're writing it, right? Let's, let's not rehash okay. the whole postmodernist thing. Right? Uh, we don't have time left on this podcast. No, no, no. <laughs> but, the, but the point I'm trying to make is that. Because they're using words to say it. They're using words to say it. Okay. They're not saying it can't uh, get you to some truth. They're okay. just saying it's Fair. not always accurate, Fair right? Okay. And so the people in power, they make the narratives, okay. right? And so what the postmodernist likes to do is they look at these minority narratives in this case homosexuality yeah. and they'll try to read and they'll look for places in the text in mm -hmm. our history in literature mm -hmm. and they'll look for these minority voices let's yeah. say and especially i was in when i was doing an english uh, minor this happened all the time in shakespeare class right uh why did you know uh, henry the fourth uh, how what's his relationship with this guy called falstaff you know maybe shakespeare was trying to um, break the bounds of mm -hmm. uh, what's acceptable between man and man because in his time and day homosexuality was frowned upon but Shakespeare was trying to subvert Fair the enough. you know 
<laughs> no, seriously. This yeah, is, I know. Uh, but so come on. And what exactly? Come what, on. What, right? Now explain. Yeah. And this, I'm not even being rude, but why should I care what they say? The yeah. well, That's, the reason I'm not even being rude. The reason, no, no, no. The reason yeah, that uh, people, yeah. the reason that people take these narratives to heart is because when you say that uh, language affects your reality in this way, then whatever the minority voices are saying, those become amplified. Yeah. Right now, if I say, for example. Um, like if I give, uh, let's say, a minority person advice on how to be successful, well, you're just talking about the do- dominant, you know, patriarchal, oppressive uh, definition of what success is. You should listen to what our definition of success should be. No, right? you should. Failure. You know what you say to that person. This is what Dr. Shetty is saying to. When if you're trying to help somebody and they give you this 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 jumble of words, of, well, that's you're just enforcing the dominant, uh, you know, heteronormative, patriarchal, capitalist. You just go all right, that type. That's your belief. <laughs> good, good, good luck. Assalamu <laughs> alaikum. That's your if that. If that. Right. Th- that's his belief. He's a wokeist. Yeah, no, yeah that's right? it. You no. just walk away. You go. No. That's your religion. Yeah. You just tell him look. your deen is yours and my deen is mine. Yeah. Look, Hindus. <laughs> the, 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 Hindu, <laughs> the, yeah. the Hindu Swami has his interpretation of the sirah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Islam. The Confucian in China, he has. Right. The postmodernist of France, he has one. The wokeist of of Brooklyn, he has it. The only reason the wokeists matter is the country that houses them has the biggest army. There's no other reason why anyone's paying attention. Because they got the media, right, is amplifying their voice. Otherwise, the woke, postmodernist, feminist, whatever you want to call it, this is a religious belief. That's your belief, right? Fine, see, that's your see, analysis. You sound why like a postmodernist when you just said that. How? Right? Because the postmodernists say, uh, again, language doesn't always reflect reality. Whatever's true is just because the dominant people in power have supported that. No, right? No, and what I'm saying. But that's it. No, my point is that there are certain things that are true, right? And you can't just for example, the intention of the author matters. So if I'm Shakespeare, I wrote a play, my intention is not clearly, it's not to, you know, subvert the dominant uh boundaries between men and women. I'm trying to just tell a story, man. Yeah. You know, <laughs> entertain people. Of course. My intention matters. So I you mean, can't t- just t- read t- in. Textual criticism can get deeper than whatever's on the surface, but you're right. They go too far. So there's no point. In, but there's no point in engaging this. Is, is the point I'm trying point. to bring out is that it's related to the article because we're reading in a lot of things into people's intentions that might not be there. Into this guy's intention. Uh, yeah, exactly. Oh no! Okay. We know no, his no, intention. No, 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 no. I mean, like between uh, uh, male and male relationships, like Frodo Baggins and uh, what's his name, Sam. Sam. Yeah. Uh, because they're doing certain things. Uh, oh. Uh, you know the author's trying to subvert. You know what's uh, what's halal between man and man, right? Mm. Or he's trying to like support homosexuality, but that's not really the case. Mm. Especially Let, not talking. <laughs> yeah, exactly, he's Christian. Yeah. Let yeah. me uh, say yeah. one thing though. Unfortunately, more and more these people and these voices are not some fringe group. Exactly, they these are, are yeah. these are prominent spokespersons that claim to be. Uh, leaders of Islam, right? Uh, that claim to be, you know, uh, oh, upholding you're about the Ummah. Yes. Like who? I mean, I don't know, name drop people here. No, but please like, do. What did they say? Please do. So, some a Muslim, a prominent Muslim supporting this? No, 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 no. It's oh. not. It's not specifically this uh, idea. There are prominent Muslims that support, you know, a Happy Pride Month, right? I mean, you yeah, can't but even we chastise yeah, those people, and they're yeah. not, they don't actually have any traction. Like, if they came to a to a, a gathering of real Muslims, they'd get booed out. Yeah. yeah. 
Well, they, yeah, they may be prominent Muslims, but not as not as leaders of the Muslims. Let me explain. There's a concept, and, and this it, is not the time for it, but there's a concept called the cathedral. It's a Christian term, but it, it refers to this superstructure of min minority, this minority group of elites that are trying to redefine culture, right? And it's right. it's the media, it's the it's the it's the entrenched political groups, it's people in like. Like the people we're talking about here, right? The people that get propped up and put... Like you go, who is this guy and why does this guy right, represent... Exactly. Why did they appoint this guy as the Muslim guy on the council? Who is yeah. he? Nobody even knows this guy. Yeah. They're part of this, this, uh, you know, this sacred group that gets to decide things in the greater culture. But that doesn't affect us you on know, the ground. Yeah, what a lot of people have uh, realized these days is that you can't even have the conversation anymore. The, uh, the foundational realities that they <clears throat> believe in, right... Is very different from the reality. I'm not even saying the methodology, mm. just the reality of what life is, what is, what's going on. We don't agree on the reality, let alone the sources of truth, or even that truth exists. Right. So I, I'm sort of at the point like, like, like I said last week or last podcast that the game is over because you can't have a discussion anymore. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And so there's no. To me, that's a religion. Right. Like in our, my understanding of a religion, which is something that. You know, it's a whole set of beliefs. There's a lot of assumed things there. They think we're assuming things. We believe our assumptions are 100 percent true. That the prophet is real. That Allah is real. Life is uh, afterlife is real, yeah. etc. So, th what they haven't come to realize is that they are f uh, resting on assumptions as much as anybody else, right? And I could care less about your assumptions, right? <laughs> Same way as like a Hindu down the street. I will respect you. I know you have a religion. I have no interest in it. You have no interest in mine. So we know how to, I know how to live with a Hindu now. Me and a Hindu can live on the same street. Perfectly fine. If someone who was woke came in, he's going to try to jam his belief because he believes it's absolute truth and he's coming with power and strength. Yeah. We're going to have a problem here, right? Uh, so that's where... But I'm, I treat it as a religion. That's your belief. Yeah, and I don't care if they're right? Muslim, by the way. And right. they have these... But if they believe these things, I'm not making takfir of them. But they're not coming in and trying to change the core of Sunni Islam. It's like the Shia. Shia are Muslim. They, they, they pray five times a day or three times a day, depending on. But whatever, they pray, they fast. Um, but then they'll come in with this left field concept about imamate uh -huh. and about who should have been the Khalifa. And then, you know, slowly they go down that road of kufr, of cursing the, the Sahaba and takfiring them. But you just cut it. What are you saying? There's yeah. the imams? Get out. We have no time for it. Yeah. I don't want to discuss the, the finer details with you. I don't want to try to reach a middle ground. Mm. You guys are, uh, you know, you, you're, you're branched off. You're going to continue to branch off and you're going to eat each other whole. I'm, this is what happens with the wokies. I mean, the, the same thing, for example, the pride stuff, the same thing is read in about like, you know, like overarching patriarchy and these types of things right. into, into yeah. our fiqh and religion all the time, right? Uh, people say it. Be no, yeah, male scholars. Well, yeah. women didn't become scholars. What do you want from me? They had other priorities. <laughs> there was a lot of women hadith scholars, by the way. Uh -huh. This is something Narrators. that women were good at. Hafaz yeah. were millions. Yeah, but they weren't writing fic books. They, right. The priorities were are different. The what do you want from me? Intellectuals. Yeah. Right. I, I had a guy who, who recently said, said, said something to me and said that, you know, many people say that this, this is, you know, many professors have said, I was like, 
But why do I care though? That's not my source of truth. <laughs> Many professors, <laughs> right? See, it's, see it's not my source of truth. It's your source right. of truth. Right. Take it and go. See, no, see yeah, that's my. Somebody sent to me once. They go, if you want to be taken seriously in academia, and I was yeah. like, I don't. <laughs> <laughs> I don't. I have no interest. I totally don't. <laughs> <laughs> no interest. As if academia takes themselves. Yeah, seriously. I like. I'm. I'm good. Yeah. I don't need to make those arguments about hadith. Yeah, you know right. what my argument for hadith is? It's from it's from it's from Allah and His yeah. Messenger, and I accept right. it. So at the, yeah. and at the end of the day, really, at the end of the day, what, what matters is what happens on the ground, mm-hmm. right? And what happens on the ground, like I'd say, in a family, in a masjid, and stuff like that, that's what matters. Number one. Secondly, at the global scale, the only reason that your stuff actually matters is because you got the most powerful country. You're housed in the most powerful country, right? And half of a political party, the one half, is totally in support of it. And, it, and the media side is totally in support of it. That's the only reason anyone's taking this seriously, right? This, this, it is power, right? Did you, in White, a sense. did you see the White House uh, press secretary doing that video with that disgusting human being? By the way, uh, that's actually the announcement of the end of Western civilization. So that video... Con- context on the video. So yeah. it's basically this uh, flamboyant guy. I don't know if he's gay, but he looked... He's super gay. Bro. What are you talking about, bro? <laughs> Look, he's stupid gay. Now, let's read our I, assumptions I, on that one. I don't know if Safina Society Podcast is a Muslim podcast. <laughs> super no, Muslim. Yeah, so, so this gay dude, you know, he's in... Flaming. He's flaming gay dude. Long nails, acting more effeminate than any woman I've yeah. ever seen. Right. So flamboyantly, you know, gay dude is uh he's an intern i guess in the white house and he's just making this video and he's like we need to get the vaccines that's the reason jen saki is in it yeah yeah the, the, the white, white house, house press secretary is in it just playing mm-hmm. along to, yeah. with this this no. a debauchery like it's it's like it's like something well i would never expect to see this from even from like a serious corporation yeah ceo but, this let alone let alone the White House. Yeah. Mm. This might sound crazy. I sent this to like one of my like liberal like groups that I'm yeah. in. Some people were like, well, what's the problem? <laughs> You're the problem. They're the, they're <laughs> the problem. Most people are the problem. And you here's, can quote me. Here's what actually happened. So uh, initially when fo- postmodernism uh, and these ideas uh, became popular, they didn't Cut catch up. No, no, guys. I'm not. I'm, I'm not sorry. I'm sorry. I, I apologize. You know, whenever <laughs> I, whenever I say something, it's not. I'm not supporting the opposite point. I'm just giving context. Let's hear. It. Okay, Let's I'm hear. just giving context. Yeah. When these uh, ideas first became popular, it was after World War II. Um, you know, people saw the destruction of the world, the planet, a um, lot of things, imperialism, right? So a lot of intellectuals sort of just became uh, sort of depressed about Western civilization. And also about uh, they were encountering other cultures. You know, they were learning more about Islam, about Hinduism, all these other things. And they also started questioning uh, um, objective truth and things. Uh, this is where postmodernism comes out of. And a lot of these scholars weren't actually activists. They were almost like you know, uh, you know, the Sufis that leave society. Like they're depressed. Yeah, exactly. They just leave society. Okay. They're just like everything checked out. Yeah. yeah. The, and in their worldview. You know, none of this stuff. We don't know if God exists. We don't know if objective morality exists. Yep. We don't know anything. The only thing we know is that there are oppressive power structures. Right? Why, why do we know that? Because you feel it. So look, the, the, the only thing we know, don't ask me why, okay? I'm not a postmodern scholar, but yeah. the only thing we know is that there are oppressive power structures. Okay. And guess what? The problem's not just that. It's almost impossible to remove these power structures. 
they're so ingrained everywhere yeah. right <laughs> they're so ingrained into our human condition it's almost impossible yes pa- to get yes 100 percent. patriarchy is fitra it is oh, not okay <laughs> it is not something that some people sat around in a room planning it out and we're like how are we gonna <laughs> make men <laughs> dominate women yeah. okay 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 so <laughs> i wasn't expecting that okay but. but listen he knows stuff this guy has ability to use language right yeah. Others yeah. don't. Isn't that a power structure? Mm-hmm. Of course, it is. He's and the writer. How about the yes. Wait, how about a full right. professorship at a major university? Right, right. No, no, no. Ultimate power. They would agree. That's with what you. he's saying. Okay. They that's would agree with saying. you, and they would say it's hopeless. Right. So check out. No, they, that's exa- leave that's the job. Exactly what they did. Leave the job. That's leave exactly the what they did. But here's the yeah. here's the clincher. Here's the clincher. In these, there was a new group of activists, especially people that wanted to cement the position of minorities. Right. Uh, especially, you know, in America, places like Britain, France, and so on, they were like, you know, these ideas didn't go well with the masses. Mm-hmm. Because if you go up to a random Joe, and even if you go up to a university students and say, there's no objective truth, yeah. they would say what you said. Like, why are we studying that? Yeah. Like, why, why are we in university? Exactly. What are we doing? So these ideas didn't catch on to, you know, in, mm-hmm. among the masses. So guess what they did? Um, what they did is they tried to use, cut and paste some of these ideas to make them attached to fight against justice, injustice. So they took postmodernism and they married it with this idea that, okay, we're, postmodern ideas are the same as fighting injustice. If Nas okay? continues down this road in the, in the proper chronology, he's going to get himself canceled because he's going <laughs> to arrive at critical race theory. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, that's coming next. Relax, relax. So, critical theory is next. Well, right? So, so look, uh, so these people, and, and remember, the old postmodernists are not activists, right? Okay. If they saw the, the, these, these people, these uh, except, people except, at, right? except for the Frankfurt School. The, uh, the Frankfurt School, yes, yes. Th- those guys had a real uh, agenda. Yes, Alex knows more than me, but he hates postmodernists, so he doesn't want to talk about them. Mm-hmm. Um, so what these people did is they cut and pasted aspects from postmodernism and turned it into uh, you know, social justice activism. Mm-hmm. And still, people wouldn't sort of sign up for this stuff. So what did they do? And they tried to fight this fight in biology, right? They wanted to say that okay, um, uh, people are not people are not born people are born gay, right? And there's nothing you could do about it. And the scientific and then there's no gender differences between men and women. There's you know all these things are culturally constructed. The biologists and the scientists are like, nope. Okay. Well, and they used to be like, nope. Yeah. Because now, now they, they say that. Yes. Well, yeah. The only reason that men have more upper body strength is cultural. Mm. Well. <laughs> I don't know of any like serious scientist that says that, but you almost can't say you can't not say it anymore. You you can say it in the paper, but you can't say it out loud. Mm. Well, what is that? <laughs> That's they've submitted. Right, right. So what happened? The, their strategy is okay. We we can't win the academic battle, right? So how do you convince somebody if you can't convince them with facts? What you do is you take the reins of power and then you inundate them, right? You basically create a witch hunt if you don't agree with the dominant narrative. Right. And that's exactly what's happening. So that's why you see like all these people, they're so into politics. They're so into like activism because politics creates the new normal. You know, uh, what's that phrase? Manufacturing consent. Right. Mm -hmm. And that's exactly what they want to do. They want to manufacture consent to the point where even saying uncontroversial things like men are stronger generally than women. Yeah. Uncontroversial. Uh, What's his name? John McEnroe. Right? Yeah. He got chewed out for saying, oh, Serena Williams, you know, she's not the best tennis player that ever lived. She could, she could be beaten by like a rank 200 mm. men's player. It's um, a fact. Uh, by the way, 
Yeah. The guy, a Australian guy that was ranked in the 200s, beat both her and her sister on the same day <laughs> and had lunch and a beer in between. Goodness, right? And to even so say it's not even a lie. Things, it's not even an exaggeration. It's not. It's not. If so anything, he was being polite. What happens when they're now in power? What? That's power structures that's are so bad, happened, right? If power structures are so bad they in their view. So, so they're the new Logically. the new group of uh, these postmodern activists is that okay? All of it is relative. All of it is bad. Let's use it for our own advantage. That's that's really what it is. Let's create the dominant narrative, okay. right? Because there's no overarching narrative anyway. So for you to say, for example, that the narrative of Islam, which Allah SWT reveals people, to, uh, you know, uh, his revelation to mankind, their objective moral values we find from revelation, all this stuff is constructed. Mm -hmm. It's not, you know, this, this meta narrative doesn't really exist, okay. okay? This has been constructed by dominant, you know, the patriarchal Arab, whatever, yeah. uh, throughout history. And the same thing, and then you would reply, well, what about your narrative? No, Isn't that I wouldn't reply. This is what I'm saying. <laughs> There's no reply. point in replying to these people. No, no, I'm, I'm just... You know what? Look, <laughs> let me just give you one example. I'm sorry. I'm just give you yeah. one example of how, how totally devoid of honesty and genuineness mm. and sincerity these, these lowlifes are, right? And we're going to go straight to the top. Our president, Joseph Robinette Biden... In a debate for the in a presidential debater town hall, said it was a town hall. He said that when he was a kid, a kid was like eighty years ago, right? Yeah. Sixty years ago, he was a kid. Mm -hmm. He he saw it like somewhere. I guess where's he from? Scranton, PA. Yeah. Yeah. Scranton. He saw two guys and they were like kissing each other, or whatever. And he said to his dad, "Dad, what is that?" And his father said, "Oh, Joe, those are just two men who love each other, and they, they love That's each other the way true. I love your mother." <laughs> He made that up, right? Uh, <laughs> 70 years ago, an Irish Catholic guy from Scranton was telling us, those are just two men who love each other. Are you kidding me? He makes up things these all the people time. are totally, total, yeah. total, they're totally devoid of any honesty. They don't, they don't any believe sincerity. in objective morality anyway. So. Yeah, so yeah. they will say anything. So there's no point in talking to them. They will right. say literally anything. They'll say, oh, I believe in the Prophet Muhammad too. Peace be upon him. Right. And then turn around and try to murder your mother for wearing hijab. <laughs> right. Right. So there's no point. There's no point. These people are, they're, they're beyond the, help. The point I'm trying to make is even they would admit that their position is incoherent. Yeah. Like if you say, well, aren't you creating a meta narrative? Yeah. Right. With your ideas of postmodernism, aren't you also having mm -hmm. a narrative that's trying to rule over mm -hmm. others? Like, yes, we are. Okay. Then. It's all, all right. it's all, <laughs> it's all relative. I mean, at that point you're talking to an animal, right? They're <laughs> incapable yes. of reason. Exactly. So <laughs> it's all, it's all relative, you know? So let's just, you know, let's just, uh, this is the Hegel's so, idea. Let's just fight it out. Okay. No. So right. that, so when they've used their deconstruction yeah. to actually destroy everything, mm. then they just become tyrants. That's what it is. Well, okay. So when we say they, right, <clears throat> this is my problem with these things, right? Because we say they as if we're, the Muslim community is somehow shielded from this stuff completely. It's not. right? Unfortun this is already, unfortunately, a lot of uh, people who get into schools, graduate academia. schools. Yeah, I mean, and, and this school. stuff has infiltrated the boards of massages. I can tell you my, you know, I, right, you know massages I've been to, right, they are like this, right? Uh, there, there are people on the board that are like this. There are people yeah. in the Muslim communities like this. There's people that are youth directors that are like this. Commun so, communities led by that type of thinking will they'll die out or fail or or separate, right? And or I'm, separate. And, yeah. and I'm sure that there's listeners of this podcast that can probably attest to this. That yes, this type of stuff does exist in our community. So this uh, there's listeners of this podcast that tomorrow or when it, when it airs will be on Twitter complaining that we were disrespecting academics and yeah. people in academia. 
There are listeners to this podcast that are offended by us calling out how stupid this stuff is. Mm. Mm. Oh yeah. Look, so there, it, it's in, fine. Masajid has Masajid have been run by by people in the past who have much less egregious errors in their understanding of the deen, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And those communities failed. Yeah. They died out. They did not produce results. And when I mean results, I mean that the next generation is equally pious, full of knowledge, loving knowledge, you know, and, and learning and filling the masjid and getting married and having kids and filling the masjid, right? And then the next generation does the same thing and the next generation does the same thing until it's something big, right? That's success for us. Yeah. That yes. the, wor- the Allah is worshipped, the Prophet is loved, mm-hmm. and that continues generation after generation. So when we look at the scoreboard and we see that people who had, uh, you know, much less misunderstandings of Islam... And I look only like 20 years, like one generation, and the masjid's empty. That's a failed operation, right? right. It's a failed operation. Why? I would trace it back to uh, incorrect teaching as one of the reasons, right? You didn't understand the deen correctly, and therefore it wasn't passed down properly. So this is far worse, right? So you're going to end up with a worse failure, which means it's just going to die out. Can I say something, Sheikh? I'm yeah. sorry. Uh, this is just a, a public service announcement based on what something you just said. People, if you've had your vaccines or you've uh, had COVID and you feel like you're, uh, you've already have antibodies or you're not concerned about it, whatever the reason is that you're, uh, you no longer have the whatever impediments, go to the masjid. Mm. I'm tired of going to masjid and seeing them way emptier than before COVID. I understand when the government was trying to limit people uh, attending these gatherings. There's precautions in place. Mm-hmm. You can wear five, five masks if you need it, if you feel safe. Do whatever you have to do to feel safe, but come to the masjid. Yeah. Stop it. And by the way, if you're not going to the masjid on a regular basis, double your donations or something. Support the community yeah. somehow. Because honestly, on the day of judgment, what are you going to say? I was afraid of something that I was vaccinated yeah. against or inoculated against or had been attained natural immunity against? Like, it's not acceptable. Well, I don't really understand how restaurants are filled. And, right. and there's a guy cooking back there, sweating back there. Exhaling back there, and the, 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 and by the way, you're not right. eating through your mask, That's so true. the restaurants are full. Yeah. All types of stuff is, is full, but you you're not coming to the masjid. This, this, so this is your nafs. The and Jersey I, halal Facebook groups is popping, right? Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But the masjid, the masjid are empty. I mean, alhamdulillah, on Juma, there's people at Juma at least. Yeah. But during the week, it's no, like it's, it's not. The it's attendance is way lower. Yeah. I know people who skipped Eid al-Adha this year because they were scared of COVID. Unbelievable. Ridiculous. The outdoor one? Yes. The outdoor one, they did not bring their family. I don't care if they listen to this podcast. They did not bring their family. It is not... On what basis is that permissible? Yeah. Like, why are are men in the family skipping the Eid Salah? You're vaccinated. You're wearing, like, triple masks, and you're still not coming to the mustard. Come on now. And then, you know, you you come up... Look, I I don't mean to rail on this, but this this bothers me. It's like, oh, it's like everybody has their own personal level of risk assessment. Come on, this is a cop-out like response. You just don't like going to the masjid, man. Right, yeah. like, come on now. If it's a personal level of risk assessment, then, you know, why are you getting in the car? Why yeah. are you doing anything? Then? Exactly. <laughs> Listen, I'm telling you, it, <laughs> if you're not coming to the masjid because no. you don't feel safe, double your donations. Yeah. That's it. That's yeah. my. That's my. That's pay pay for it somehow. Go the yeah. old Catholic way. Buy your way out of this. Out of your obligations. <laughs> How absurd yeah. is yeah. that statement? I'm not coming to the masjid because I don't feel safe. I mean, well, listen. I don't. COVID. I'm. I'm not judging. I'm not judging people for 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 how much you know television they watch and how what effect that has on them. I'm not. It is what it is, right? Yeah. But 
okay, do something. You have to mitigate the the fact that you're no longer attending communal prayers. When it comes to the deen, our aspirations uh, are always like at the lowest. It dwindles, right? But if somebody said there's a sale at the supermarket and you could go there with six feet social distancing and, you know, lines that are socially distanced, everybody's going to be there. Yeah. Right? Uh, uh, nobody's socially distancing at any store. I go to stores yeah. all the time. I went to... <laughs> I went to Disney World. It was I, packed. Yeah. <laughs> it was packed. There were more people in Disney World than Hajj. <laughs> well, certainly this true. year. This is true. Well, this is there there were more people in uh, what's his, what's her name? Uh, <laughs> Lola Palooza. Lola. Uh, Lola Palooza. Nicki Minaj in uh, Saudi Arabia, I think Riyadh. Uh, there were more people in her concert than Hajj. I'm just like Lala, what? Lala, Lala, what's the concert the, was like a week later too, right? Or yeah. Something like, that? like what? What is the logical reason? <laughs> and it was ap- it was after. Yo, there's more people at Obama's birthday party. Oh <laughs> man! <laughs> By the way, it was it was a big shindig, but it's okay because some Democratic spokesman on CNN said it was a it's a it's a sophisticated, sophisticated. vaccinated crowd. They're sophisticated, so it's fine. So people Apparently come to the masjid, be sophisticated, weed, be sophisticated, be sophisticated, <laughs> and come to the masjid. Stop, stop. Honestly, just have a little confidence in Allah. If you took the vaccine to f- to feel safe, feel safe. And if you've already been infected, feel safe. Just come. Stop making excuses for your nafs. And if if you genuinely have like real anxiety and fear, then mel- make dua that Allah you know frees you from that. Well, we want to see yeah. your faces again. Yep, absolutely. Mm-hmm. So I think we can uh, wrap it up. All right, uh, good. <clears throat> any final comments? I, I just wanted to say that uh, yeah. to pass something down, yeah. you have to have something to pass down. That's good. So a, a postmodernism, one of their main tenets is breaking down boundaries. Deconstruction. Deconstruction, mm-hmm. breaking down boundaries. That's all so they do. What are you going to pass down? All they do, they break down, but then, like you said, once everything is broken down, take over. Right, and that's how you collapse civilization, too. Right, right? Yeah. <laughs> this, this well, it tells you something about the goals. There. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but see, actually, the, the the original guys, I guess you can't blame their their mind because they didn't have anything. Mm-hmm. Like they didn't have anything true. Exactly. Right. Mm-hmm. Well, that's their problem. I don't know. Yeah. They had Christianity; they just abandoned it. But, but I don't blame them for that. But it is what it is. Yeah. But they they all came from countries that had conquered Muslim countries mm-hmm. or had close relations <laughs> with. They're just Catholics. Yeah. What do you want from me? Yeah. You had the opportunity. I'm sure people, I'm they read the book. I'm sure they had access. This is we're talking about France and Germany, right? Yeah. The French and the German translated more texts of Islam into European true. languages than yeah. anybody. Very true. This just, it's just recalcitrant yeah. kufferism. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. <laughs> and that's why at the, at the end of the day, we, we got to put a circle around it or put a box around it, put that, put that in a box. That's a religious belief. That's, yeah. that's their world. And the problem is they haven't realized yet that it's relative. And they still want to apply it to everybody, right? Mm. And 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 come and uh, do to tuk- cancel everyone, to fear everybody, right? Whereas you know, I think every other religion knows its place, Listen, right? At some point, every single one of us is going to wake up in our grave, and there's going to be an angel asking us who our who That's our it. Lord was. Yeah. And inshallah, we all can answer it. And yeah, people inshallah. who can't, it's going to be a rough day. And and by the way, you know, they're maybe they're doing what's right in their view because we would do the same thing if we had the ability. We would be knocking on nation's doors three days. Right? <laughs> <laughs> right? At least we're open about it. We're open about it. And we, right? we actually believe that there is actual truth out there. That's the thing. Yeah. So they're actually practicing what they do. They're, just, they're, they're, they're forcing themselves on everybody in a way mm-hmm. that I wish I knew your law of how you're going to force. Because we have a textbook. You can read our textbook of what we're supposed to do, what we're not supposed to do. Right? And you could, whether you like it or not, it's predictable what, how, how a Muslim should behave. Right, 
and how a Muslim should have confrontations. And what happens, you know, in the middle of the beginning, middle and end of this confrontation, right? Problem is, we don't know where they're going, right? We don't know what's next. They don't know what's next. There is actually a law to, to these people, which okay. is amplify minority voices. Regardless of what that is, what happens if it's not minor, being minority? Is it oppressed? So minority? okay, now so, it's the dominant. So so then they have to just reverse again. their position so, yep. every every twenty or so years. So, so they're going to not an actual rule. <laughs> it's not an actual rule because up until today, when he resigned, tons of people of the the Cuomo, woke liberal Cuomo. feminists yeah. were supporting Governor Cuomo and yeah. saying, mm. "Oh, well, where were these women before?" Amplify the voices of the minority unless it affects your power structure. Yeah. That's so a good. They could go kill yeah. themselves. Yeah. I don't. I don't, <laughs> I don't believe anything about. I don't believe a word. I, I didn't out of say their they were consistent. Mouth. I didn't say they were consistent. Yeah. I don't believe a single word out of their mouth. <laughs> yeah. yeah, they're hypocrites on the highest level. By the way, people who go, oh, the church that says this and that, and then they had pedophile priests that they just shuffled around, bringing it back to the beginning of our podcast. These people are the same kind of hypocrites. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So they can all of them can miss <laughs> me with it. Who was that? Who was that NPR? Uh, Host, right? That got he he got like me too, like yeah, crazy. Yeah, yeah. The, oh, Charlie, Charlie Rose? No, not Charlie no, no, Rose. The guy from the, the guy, guy from uh, Have a Smiley? No, 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 no. Uh, something. I, he, it's it's the guy from from uh, he had like a musical variety yeah. show on NPR. Right. No, not 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 uh, uh, Leonard Lopate. No, not there, Leonard Lopate. There was another guy. Yeah, the guy the guy who because he hugged somebody. No, no, he he was like involved in a lot of allegations, oh, but he was guy. he was as 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 liberal and lefty yeah, as you can I get, I remember right? Him. And he and he it turned out like he Dude, was all philandering are. with wait, so many women. Wait, <laughs> let's go down the list. Which one of the people that have gotten me to were not liberal not Democrats? Liberal. Right. Right. Exactly, this is right. all of them. Right, and and yeah. they were all because they hold each other to account. Fine, sure, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> and, and I mean, I'm not saying that the Republican Party is any better, right. but. Yeah. سبحانك اللهم وبحمدك نشهد أن لا إله إلا أنت نستغفرك ونتوب إليك والعصر إن الإنسان لفي خسر إلا الذين آمنوا وعملوا الصالحات وتواصوا بالحق وتواصوا بالصبر السلام